Sports Central. Blackhawks fans around the world, you've endured 49 years of frustration. Rebate, charges, throws. Oh, Magic's three-point attempt blocked. Walter Payton, Mike Ditka. This is going to be a tough play. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup. Hungry Chicago, finally champions on this January day in New Orleans. And the White Sox have won the World Series. This is Sports Central. All right, let's continue this love fest. Chicago Sports Conversation. How? With Adam Hogue and Mark Carmel. Holy Moses! Sports Central. Well, it is going to be a love fest this morning. I mean, there's nothing more to do when you have a first-place football team. You have a baseball team that is about to chase their second World Series. Damn it. And you had the greatest day in sports yesterday, Adam Hall. Good uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in podcast land. You know it was the greatest day in sports history yesterday, right? Yesterday was? Well, not in sports history. Let me walk that back a little bit. In uh, of the year, for us who love NBA basketball, Adam Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, would, cool, cool, cool. NBA media day. There was LeBron James showing up in Lakerville. There was Kevin Durant uh, now being covered out in Golden State by, by our good friend Nick Friedel. R.I.P. Nick Friedel in Chicago. I hope that's not actually the case, but it seems like it might be. And uh, earliest mention for Nick Friedel on the podcast. Wait, 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 wait. He's going to the Warriors full-time? I mean, he's tweeting out from Golden State. I didn't see him at Bulls Media Day. It seems like... Yeah, but well, last year he already kind of switched to the national NBA guy. Right, but... So they probably just sent him out there. Yeah, but when you get sent out to California, I don't think you come back. Normally they would say, yeah, go up there to Milwaukee, go up to Minnesota, live that dream. But I don't know. You're seeing them tweet Golden State stuff. That seems like an actual career move. Well, they, they sent him down to Bourbonnet like three times last month, so it probably scared him. Yes. I to, mean, to just like, I got to get away, as far away as possible, or they're going to keep sending me to Bourbonnet. Strategy impl- yeah. implemented. <laughs> I'll go. Sure. Yes, I'll go to California and talk to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And I'm done with that. It's a that's a strong strong move. But yeah, it was it was Bulls Media Day yesterday, and there they were. There was Gar. There was Pax. There was Fred. Year four of Fred Hoiberg, as he uh, might have a team that can compete for the playoffs, although not any single one. Member of Bulls management wants to put a win total, a playoff expectation, or anything on this team, and even the players won't do it either. It's like oh, that it's it's come down from high above. I think Jerry Reinsdorf on down, Michael Reinsdorf has said, "Look, it's okay. Don't put any expectations on this. You won twenty seven games last year. Vegas has you for twenty seven wins this year. You might be good, but then again, you really might not be good at all. So let's just not do that." Yeah, I think that's a wise move. You know who's not feeling the love today? Who's that? Though? Chris Conti. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, this this city just loves to rag on this dude. That was a bad look for him last night. Vance McDonald, the Steelers tight end, just, I'm looking at it right now, over and over and over again. What a nasty stiff arm. So I... I uh... I wasn't watching Bucks and and Steelers fully because, of course, uh, I started the Cubs game, threw on the White Sox a little bit, and then uh, 
whatever. When I got home, I I threw I I you know I'm watching the highlights. I'm like, I hope that's not Chris Conti because the first time I saw it, I didn't know who it was, and I'm like, oh god, it's Chris Conti. That's terrible. Yeah. You're getting killed. I mean, the guy's been good cost like a hundred times. Give him a break. I, I it, it's it's crazy. I'm still amazed by how much of a villain he is still in this town when he really only. I, he, it was one play, right? It was one play. Otherwise, like any other player, there was some other plays here and there, you know, where he missed a tackle or something like that. But completely normal for any defensive player. It was one play in a huge game, and he wasn't the only one who screwed up on the play because the defense changed, and he didn't get the call because it was really loud and it wasn't communicated properly. And here he is. In his eighth NFL season, okay, it's not like this guy is a bum. You don't play safety in the NFL for eight years if you're a bum. And he has started 93 of 104 games he's played in. He's been an eight-year NFL starter. He's not bad. He just (laughs) isn't. And I tweeted this last night at a course... I got 120 replies to this tweet card. They're all just crushing the dude. This it just uh, the one of the, honestly one of the nicest good people I have covered in the eight years I've covered the Bears, and for some reason has just turned into the villain. And, and that's why when he got that pick six against the Bears a couple of years ago, and he went off on the fans after the the Bears fans after the game, I said, "Good for you, man." Good for you. Yeah, although you can never win those battles. At, but oh, no. But he, look, he was never going to win ever. That's and, true. And last night just proved it. So good for him to get the last laugh with the pick six against the Bears and then talk crap about it after the game. I loved it. You know, I mean, look, the guy wears number 23, which I'm sure is a direct pay of respect to the greatest player to ever play anything in Michael Jordan. Damn it. So uh, I, I, there's something about... Literally, Chris Conti getting torn to the ground, not torn, just shoved to the ground last night. I right just, in his face, yeah, too. I just felt like five foot, nothing, 105 pound, prepubescent Mark Carmen walking into Highland Park High School, not being one of the cool kids, and being terrified that someone was going to kick my ass. That's, and I, so I was like, I felt bad for the dude because he just, that was just like, he just got bullied. Uh, by a bigger, stronger tight end who had momentum and just absolutely ten-toed him. But <laughs> I, I and all all Bears fans did was pile on the guy. Yeah, and then and then you pile on the the, the nerd loser kid. I mean, come on. Let little, little uh, and, and by the way, he's not any of that. He's an, as you just said, he's an eight-year NFL veteran. He's like infinitely cooler than everybody who's going at him as far as that goes. But uh, and, and not just and not just like random guy who keeps getting cut and ending up on another team for eight years. Starting almost every game. Right. Uh, the Bucks are interesting, too. Little Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing touchdowns like they're going out of style. He had three more last night, right? He's got- he looked awful in the first half. I thought for sure Jameis Winston would be starting on Sunday at Soldier Field, but now it's interesting because Fitzmagic came back in the second and... Uh, Either way, I mean it's a winnable game for the Bears Sunday. So, all right, real let's let's do some Bears talk here with uh, the the city 
has, I would say, almost universally turned on Mitchell Trubisky. There are that not so much that he that he sucks, but that there's a ton of work to do, and he may get there, and he may not. Like the the hardest, like for those who are defending him, they're basically saying that look, it's going to take time. But nobody is like sitting there like flying the flag. This guy's going to be great. I, I I haven't heard that no at, at, like literally at all now in the summer and I would say like the majority probably are well it's, I say it's what do you think fifty fifty that there's the, there's that camp and there's the he's never gonna be good the Bears blew it again camp yeah I think that's I think I think that's accurate fifty fifty with fifty percent being he's a bust already which I think that's kind of extreme but I do think there's that many people that already believe that um and then there's the other 50% that's probably more rationally looking at this like all right he still needs time he's in a new system let's see let's wait and see how this plays out but you know maybe there's only 1% and I real of that group that still feels like okay he's he's still going to be good like for sure he's going to he he's going to figure this out he's going to be a franchise quarterback and that 1% maybe all works for the Chicago Bears organization at this point um <laughs> look I, i've been you know me i've i you've supported I've, him i've supported the guy i said from the start he was my number one quarterback there this year or that year coming out ahead of Patrick Mahomes who i also liked ahead of Deshaun Watson who i also liked but I did have Trubisky number one, with the caveat, and this is important. I I said I wouldn't draft him though in the top five. I gave him a top fifteen grade, not a top five or a top two where he got drafted, because he was a project because of the offense he was coming in from North Carolina because of the lack of experience he had first and foremost, and I think we kind of forget that as we watch these games. And you could say, okay, he started 12 games last year, so he has 15 starts under his belt now. I almost feel like you have to completely throw out those 12 games. And I think I probably underestimated that in this offseason. I probably put too much value on that experience last season. It was just such a dumbed-down offense that didn't help his development at all, maybe even hurt it. And so he's really in only through three games at this point, three starts, and he's in a brand new system that is complicated, that he's clearly, uh, I, I don't know if struggling with is the right word, but he's struggling to have the game slow down for him. And that is so obvious watching the film. And so he just, I, I don't know how, what else to say other than we have to give this time. Am I slightly worried? Yeah, I am slightly worried. But I don't think it's time to panic yet or make grand conclusions or start talking about how Chase Daniels should be playing. Right. Well, the Chase Daniels thing, and you know, Hamp put that out there on the, on our Bears post game show, and basically, you know, Hampson they're looking at a quarterback who's hurting the team, and he thinks that if you had a standard game manager out there, the Bears would be better off. Which uh, you know may that may or may not be true. But the bottom line is they're they're and and Ham was well aware of and said they're not doing that in in under any circumstance unless he completely goes total deer in the headlights. They're not gonna and and it's they feel like it's hurting him being out there. They're gonna play the guy and they should. And they're not just gonna play him for this year. They're gonna play him for next year. 
So yeah. so he's got. I mean, this you got to like saddle in here and be like, okay. And so like be, right, rewinding back to what you're talking about as far as your grades in the draft last year, I'm getting to the point like, and I'm trying to mature myself up here. It doesn't matter what Patrick Mahomes is doing. The fact that he sounds like Fat Albert and everything about him. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, he does have an uh, <laughs> uh, an interesting voice. It's a, it's. I mean, I I love that kid. I didn't I didn't I didn't even know who he was. I didn't pay attention to Texas Tech football. I was unaware that he threw for seven hundred and thirty four yards in a game against Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield. You can go back and watch that tape. I did that this week. It's like, good lord, if I was watching that guy, I would have been screaming for Pat Mahomes because he. I mean, he was all over the field. But uh, you know, I. You can't. It's going to be totally unfair to the to Trubisky and any sense of like just trying to enjoy the guy. To like, look what Mahomes is doing. Look what uh, they they could have had in Deshaun Watson, who yeah is struggling right now. But uh, I, I'm assuming he's going to find it once he gets his rhythm back. It just just like let's just evaluate. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the draft. Just yeah. be a competent quarterback. Well, a couple things on Mahomes, real quick. All right, first of all. The Chiefs were going to draft Trubisky ahead of him. Were they right. really, though? Do yes. We, I, heard, you... I was told that in the within two days of the draft being over. So this isn't just like a, a hindsight thing. I wrote that a few days after the draft. It was in my 10 Bears things that I wrote after that weekend, that crazy weekend after the Bears drafted Trubisky. You can go back and read it. Okay. It was, it was something that uh, others reported... I reported and has since been confirmed to me okay. that the Chiefs had Trubisky ahead of Mahomes. Okay, now they also liked Mahomes. Obviously, they traded up to get him, but they were dead set on getting a quarterback, and they also liked. And they so it's a guessing game. And also, by the way, there's no one should be making conclusions on these guys yet. It, the defenses are going to adjust to Mahomes. There's going to be he's not going to throw for a hundred touchdowns this season. It's just not legitimate. Yeah, but that play yesterday or Sunday, whenever you're listening to this podcast, and actually it was two days ago as I'm talking right now, where he he gets himself out of the pocket, he sprints back, he sprints right, he sprints left, he throws a touchdown to the corner. Where and, and like if you look at it from his viewpoint, the the dude was barely even open. He throws a strike. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Like I could never see Mitchell Trubisky do that. That was incredible. But can I'll, I give you my Mahomes? Uh, yeah, please. Scott report. It's, it's it's short, but here it is. Um, so I had him third behind Watson and Trubisky. Okay. And I wrote the Brett Favre comparisons are legit. On one of the tapes I watched, Mahomes threw a pass left-handed. He's simply a freewheeler on the field. His mechanics are all over the place. He makes dangerous decisions, and he's way too eager to retreat backwards and leave the pocket to throw on the move. But my God, can Mahomes throw the football? He probably has the best arm in this year's draft. This is just a big boom-or-bust prospect. Can you rein him in and mold his raw talent into a a legitimate NFL passer. The confidence and swagger pops off the tape, but Texas Tech's offense makes it really hard to gauge how much Mahomes knows as a quarterback. Where would I draft him? Second round. You're either drafting one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch in the entire league or a guy who can't put it together enough to trust as a starter. And I say this every year, Carm. Where you end up matters just as much as how much talent you have. Okay? Maybe not that much. What do you mean by that? Mahomes ended up in the perfect situation. Oh, okay. okay. I got you. So, 
take the scouting report I just read to you. Is he going to be the boom or the bust guy? Because he has all the talent in the world. He ends up in Kansas City with Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and Alex Smith, and he gets a whole year to sit. Uh huh. And I cannot think of a better spot for that talent that he has to get put together to the point where in year two, he's went from free wheeler at Texas Tech where no one could really understand how much he knew as a quarterback to, oh, okay, now he knows what he's doing as a quarterback, and now you have all that talent. It, it, it was a perfect spot for him. And Trubisky, meanwhile, gets drafted in Chicago with John Fox and Dow Loggins and Mike Glennon. <laughs> okay? So this is where I go back to just because Trubisky played 12 games and Mahomes played one last year, which one of those quarterbacks do you think got developed better? There, there can be no argument on that. And, At all! Right, right. Now, certain... Okay, I would make the argument that certain guys, wherever you drop them in, they're going to be great or they're not going to be great. Uh, but it... To, I, I've, yeah, some. But like Peyton Manning probably would have been good wherever he ended up. Right, the elite of the elite. But I think it's a great point. Uh, and you're, uh, first of all, I, I think you should go full NFL scout and, and somehow marry that into your media career. That was an awesome scouting report. I loved listening to that. That was incredibly cool. You get an A. Uh, Thank you. Uh, so, but you're right. Like he got you, look. He's 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 sitting there in Kansas City with the greatest offensive weapons in the NFL right now. Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. I mean, the the Chiefs are ridiculous. Now, they can't stop anybody, but their offense is phenomenal. So you're and the fact that he did get to sit and learn. Alex Smith. I've I've been around him. I, I'm sure you know him some. As professional as they come, and he's a good quarterback. You know, you're, yes. you're, you're learning from a, a very solid NFL quarterback who's playing pretty damn well in Washington right now. So, you're, I, I think everything you lined up there is just I am I am riding the Adam Hoke train. I I completely agree. Mahomes has had the best of, and Trubisky has not. But he that, looks better right now. There, there's no question. Mahomes looks looks a lot better. I mean, Mah- looks a lot better. But it's been three weeks. I really think we need to throw out last year because I I. I even though Trubisky played more, I think Mahomes was in a much better situation. And just got to let this thing play out. <sighs> okay. It's I, hard. I get it, though. I, I get it because... Well, this, this, is what, this is what I want to see. And the, I'd I like to personally offer up to Mitchell Trubisky my, my own services. And I, and I get <laughs> that... that uh, this and my, We're not going to talk football even here, obviously, because he has people for that. I'm not trying to step on... Uh, any any Bears uh, personnel, Matt Nagy on down here, but uh, you're talking about how things are looking super fast for him. Yeah, when he gets into that press conference or any press conference and starts talking a zillion miles an hour, this is what we got to do, and I got to be my best, and he's got to be his best, and everybody's got to be their best, and I got to do the best I can, and 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 and, and we're going to move forward, and we're going to move forward, and then I I got everyone's confidence, and everybody believes, <laughs> dude, slow down. Have a real thought and say it. I I'm it just be something other than roadrunner when you're standing up in front of the Chicago media, who by the way is not attacking you, w- likes you, basically has your back. Uh, you know, to a point at least. They're not you're not trying. They're not trying to torch you and line you up like you're some bad kid who who uh, is disrespecting them. And and just let's let's slow it down and have a conversation here, Mitchell. 
It's like it's like the same thing you see on the field. No, dude, breathe. Give me a breath. <laughs> and he does. He does have a tendency to ramble a little bit. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we I at the at the end of the post game show, I, we just I, I we had I took a we had some callers call in. I'm like, can you please imitate him? And everybody just called in and was like, I like a donut, like a chocolate donut, like a vanilla. I mean, it's like, dude, like what does he look like at Dunkin' Donuts? Well, I mean, every it's like football, 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 and he just wants to spit it all out in five seconds. I I just want to see him take a breath, and if he takes a breath there, maybe he can take a breath on the field. Mark Carmen is I'm offering my services here. I I I think that ta- there's talent there. There's no doubt there's talent there. He just um, I think he's got to slow himself down. I didn't think about it like that with the press conference, but you're, it, it's an in- interesting comparison. I don't really think they have anything to do with each other whatsoever. <laughs> Probably not, but but it is uh, it, it is kind of accurate. Just it's, just chill. Give me and oh man, he just he lacks. There's a there's a confidence and there's a lack of confidence going on all at the same time. I can relate to this, by the way. I I, under, I get it. Uh, okay. But so on to Tampa, man. They're three. They're two and one. They're in first place. They got and, they're, and they're favorites this week. Although this uh, game has come off the boards in a lot of places because no one really knows what's happening with Tampa Bay's quarterback situation. But the Bears open up as a one and a uh, one and a half point favorite against Tampa at home, and uh, it went up to like two and a half. I think. Yeah, two wow. and a half. They're betting the Bears up, huh? But. Of course, you're also at home where you're getting three points usually as the home favorite. So it's really kind of an equal matchup here. It's going to be an interesting game, but an opportunity for the Bears to go 3-1 and one into their bye week. Well, I mean, they beat a crappy Arizona team, albeit I give them credit for coming down, coming back from 14 nothing down. Seattle, no one thought anything of that one, but Seattle won and beat the Cowboys, so that's at least worth something. And they were right there with the Packers on the road. So, yeah. I mean... They should have won that game. They they should have won the game. Absolutely should have won that game. Yeah, totally nothing. Hey, up. I have a baseball question for you, Carm. Yeah, yeah. Because the Cubs lost last night. They sure did. And the Brewers won. They sure did. And the Brewers are just a game and a half behind the Cubbies. Yep. Should Cubs fans be sweating this thing at all? Or is, you know, it's it's the last week of the season. One and a half games is still a lot when you consider that as we record this, it's Tuesday and the season's over on Sunday. But a little it well a little, little closer than you probably want it right now. Right. And it's two in the loss column, so that's got to give you some level of confidence. And the Brewers have to play more games with St. Louis. In St. Louis, of course, the Cardinals are coming to Wrigley this weekend. And if something is on the line for St. Louis, that's always feels scary for the Cubs and Cardinals. Yeah, because the Rockies are now only a half game behind the Cardinals right. for that second wild card spot. So those those games, in all likelihood, are going to mean a a lot to St. Louis, which is why. It would behoove the Cubs to uh, beat the Pirates tonight, tomorrow, and on Thursday. Here, there, here's what here's what's to be concerned about. Uh, number one, Chris Bryant got dropped down to number six in the order, and that shoulder clearly is not right. It's affecting him both at the plate. It's also affecting him in the field. He had an error last night. He hasn't looked good in left. He's just not himself. I, I, he doesn't. It's very. Joe Madden talked about in. Uh, in his pregame addressment of the media yesterday, he talked about how he's like talking to Chris, like, "Hey, there's a million things you can do to help us win a ball game." So the fact that he said that it just shows you that right that Brian is 
feeling bad about what he's doing and not feeling confident about himself, that's a huge deal. That's not Tommy LaStella. That's Chris Bryant, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. so so there's that. You've got – now, Pedro Strope uh, apparently is uh, healing well and feeling good, but who knows what that's going to look like. You also have Cole Hamels, who's been unbelievable since coming over, but lost last night, lost his last start. Madden said he was mechanically out of whack, and then he figured it out. But, like, I sort of wonder if the National League is adjusting to Cole Hamels. Is he going to be nails in the playoffs? You're going to need him to be. Uh, John Lester's gutting through five innings and is talking about great drugs that is going to help him with his back. So you you just got a team that's limping in that's had a – I would call it a remarkable year considering all, all the injuries. Getting They got nothing from Tyler Chatwood, got nothing from you, Darvish, got very little from Brandon Morrow. So they had a bad offseason, and now you're asking them to go into the playoffs, and they're going to have the they're going to have the toughest road. They're going to, in all likelihood, they're going to have to beat the Brewers, who uh, have the second best record in the NL, and then they're going to have to beat the Dodgers. So. I just it, it's hard for I think a rational perspective to look at the Cubs right now and be confident that uh, they're going to have make major noise in October. On the other hand, they got the best record in the National League. They've been there four years in a row, and maybe it will all click together. They Wilson Contreras stinks. Victor Caratini's getting the majority of the bats at catcher right now. There's just you know Daniel Murphy can hit, but he's awful in the field, and he looks like he's playing on one leg. I just, I think it's hard when you rationally break it down to be optimistic what the Cubs are going to do. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it's their year. Um, by the way, a 92% chance to win the division, according to fan graphs here. So, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're supposed to win that division. Yeah. But, you're right. There, I mean, there's a lot of things. You can, you can zoom out and say, look, this team has... Still had their best record in the National League pretty much all year. And, I mean, are you scared of the Braves in the playoffs? Probably scared of the Dodgers, right? Um, Because that's been a thing the last few years. Uh, Are you scared of the the Brewers in the playoffs? Yes, absolutely. The the Brewers just took two or three in Milwaukee from them. They took two or three in Chicago. They've been playing great baseball. Christian Yelich is out of his mind. Uh, You know, for the Cubs to beat the Brewers, they're going to have to hit. Which they could. I mean, the Brewers, you know, their starting rotation is is very average. But if you don't get to their starter, here comes Josh Hader, and you're dead. The thing that worries me about the Brewers, though, is just the inexperience. I mean, the Cubs, the Cubs are going to have such a big edge in that series in terms of postseason experience. Yes, that's true. But I mean, and probably the games are going to, you know, they're going to have home field most likely. Uh, unless something dramatically changes this week, and that makes a difference too. I just, you know, if you're the Brewers walking into your first, first of all, you have to win the wild card game, which is a crapshoot. Yep. And if you're a Cubs fan, you're probably rooting against I mean, them. Can, can you root for the Cardinals over the Brewers in a wild card game? I think you can. I think you do all day. Yeah. I'd way rather face St. Louis, and if it's the Rockies, I'd rather face Colorado. Um, I. But it, it's also it just you know what. As we uh, wrap up here, I, you know, I'm at Wrigley Field on on, on Monday night for uh, for Madden's pregame, right? And I stay until uh, the first. I, I had to get out of there, but I stayed until the top of the first inning. Zero buzz. Now I get it's a Monday night, it's September and whatnot, but it's just kind of amazing to me. The Cubs are about to go to the playoffs for the fourth straight year. They're going to win the division, and 
it has become it's all it's like it's like they've all I'm not gonna say they're the Braves fans, but there is just such a there is just a non buzz excitement about this like at all. And, it's and been it's, a weird, stressful season. It'll change once the playoffs start. Yeah, it will, but they're just I don't know. It just doesn't it look when the you know what's a great atmosphere? I, I don't know if we, if we can remember it here, but because uh, it's been a minute. But when the White Sox are in the playoffs in that park, it is intimidating as hell. Like, yeah, like they, they, they it's a completely different, completely different setting. You're I, right. I mean, it is the music is pumping. They 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 do the intro for the guy. You know, to, when you take the field, it's just a different animal. I, I don't know. There's, there's I just feel like there's something. There's just a, there's an energy around the, the the whole club and the park right now that doesn't just does not feel like um, I, I don't know just, it just to, feel, to your the, point the 2008 blackout game the the one game playoff against the Twins that's yeah. the most intimidating baseball atmosphere I've ever seen it was incredible everyone's burned black they're the I I swear like that's that sound system there's just there's just something about it um, all right we got to go Adam Hogue. It's uh, it. We've reached podcast end time. Podcast end time. That's Pod, fine. Podcast end time is is here. Uh, what else? What what do we what do we do we do we leave anything out today? Do we miss anything? Um. Well, you just wanted to get back around to the Bulls, but yeah, let's be okay. honest, it was just media day. It it wasn't uh, that big of a deal. I, I here. I'll just say this. I think they're going to be interesting to watch this year. I, I do. I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by them. Yeah. No. I, I think they'll be. I'll, I, I will be very interested to see how Fred Hoiber puts this whole thing together. Jabari Parker's a nice story. Chicago kid. Go Jabari. Keep repping Derrick Rose. Love you for that. Uh, for everybody up in Minnesota, Jimmy Butler and company. <laughs> yeah. J- Jimmy Butler is a pain in the ass. Oh my God. He's a great basketball player. But there's a lot that comes along with Jimmy. You know when he lost me when he called Hoiberg out that one time? Uh, That was ridiculous. I forget what exactly he said, but I just remember being like, who are you? Yeah, like, just get it. I I know Hoiberg at that point had, like, no credibility, it seemed like, but you can't can't embarrass your head coach like that. Way to support your guy, Jimmy. Right. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't. Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, we're never in love with Jimmy Butler, which, uh, and, and those guys say what you want, they're good dudes. You know who's in love with Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, but Jimmy loves Jimmy. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast, Adam. Uh, great to be with you. Get, great to be back, and uh, we'll do it again sooner than later. Sounds good. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, guys.